Today we're doing it a little bit different. I have a treat for you tonight. So I have a friend. His name is Graham Bunn. You can Google him. He's uh, made his way in the entertainment business. He's done things like he really started out doing reality shows. And then he had a permanent job as the host of uh, the L.A., morning country radio so he was the voice of morning radio in la as it pertains to country music uh he had a tv show that was nationally syndicated country music kind of american idol style show where he worked with shania twain and uh travis tritt and jake owen where they kind of you know they like american idol they featured new and upcoming talent He's done multiple podcasts, and the thing about Graham is that he is the go-to hang when it comes to a lot of the country music artists out there. They go into town, and they look for Graham. You know, he's just, you'll see why. When you listen to this, and you listen to him talk, and you'll see what you'll see what all the fuss is about. Just a genuine, nice, down-to-earth guy who appreciates what he has, and he, you know, he, he, he he's been able, he's been fortunate enough to, I guess, facilitate relationships with very very powerful people in the business and you know he's just a great guy and it was really really cool to kind of talk about some of the old days with him you know we caught up at uh new york city calico jacks he was kind of up and coming starting to do his thing and we just started a friendship back then and we continue to talk today and it's exciting it's cool to see every time he does something cool in the business and you know you'll hear some of those funny stories and how you know uh, while I've been on the road and going to other places, my interactions with Graham through third parties have kind of like, I'm like, I know that guy. You know, you'll hear, you'll hear all the stuff. I'll stop talking and just listen to the interview. You guys understand what I'm saying. Let's start the Patreon show. Uh, this is a good question, you know, but I, I think it should be answered by Tommy Casabona himself. Wake up, wake up. Live from sunny South Florida, the Wake Up Show with your host, Tommy Casabona. Hello. Oh, man, horse. <laughs> What's up? What are you doing? Uh, I was just reading my book, man, getting ready for, uh, you know, hanging out with you for a little bit. I've had a few few uh, alcoholic beverages to calm my nerves. So you I'm have. Good. See, I was wondering. See, I was going to maybe even uh, sync up with that, but then I'm, I'm, I'm on this dry January like a loser. No, man, that's healthy. I, I ain't nothing wrong with doing that. You you can have a few in February. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Let's go. I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, breathing and trending in the right direction. You know, the world's opening back up and things are getting back to, aka, the norm. So I'm I got no complaints. You know, I, I love this because it's crazy that you know I I, I was just very very happy that w- that I was able to you know work through your team and the agents and the managers and be able to get a get a couple minutes with my friend you know what i mean on the phone <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i made you jump through so many uh so many hoops man i get know? it dude i get it i get it <laughs> all right so as promised we're talking with my buddy graham graham bun of uh i don't even know why i would just go renaissance man at this point i don't even know because there's just so many uh <laughs> Areas That's the in best which, way to put it. Maybe, right? I mean, you've delved, in, delved into a bunch of different areas. Uh, yeah. where, 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 what, are we, what do we look at? What's the surroundings? Where are you at right now? What's your settings? What are, you, what are your immediate surroundings? Well, I'm sitting in my studio right now. So, you know, the aforementioned pandemic and COVID area, everyone had to figure out work from home. And I'm in the audio space and, and do a country music morning show for Amazon Music and Amp Radio. So 
Uh, at the time, I was working for a small startup company called Spotify, and they built a studio in my home. And now I am able to keep that and use it because it's it's you know obviously in my house. So they left it when I changed jobs, and I'm just sitting in my studio hanging out with you, man. Oh, they didn't come back. Spotify didn't. Spotify isn't that cheap. Where they come back and pick up the cords and the mics and everything, they they kind of leave it for no, you. No, they left everything for me and thanked me, and uh, you know a, a, a wonderful opportunity with another startup company called Amazon uh, arose, and I, I took my talents to South Beach, bro. Beautiful, beautiful. And where where are you right now? What what where geographically? Geographically. I'm in Studio City, Los Angeles. I'm up in the hills of LA. Okay, so I, so like I said, we 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 haven't necessarily uh, we we always kind of just you know a little quick text here and there or whatever, but mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't really chopped it up, chopped it up in a minute. So like I don't, I did hear for a minute you you spent some time in Nashville, didn't you? I was I was in Nashville last year for an extended period of time because I was helping Kip Moore with some things uh, on his record, his new album coming out this year. Oh, nice, nice! Uh, big fans of Kip Moore over here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some some country music and some artists, but just to kind of cool. I guess give a little bit of background. You know, Graham mm-hmm. is a fella that I met way way back in the day, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, bar in New York City. The listeners know mm-hmm. my history when it comes to that type of thing. And uh, Graham was a bartender. We worked together. And uh, I guess through the years, you know what I mean. You, you've de- you've developed or gained a certain amount of notoriety f- through a bunch of different areas. I think you know you started mm-hmm. out in the whole basketball realm of things, then New York City bartending. Uh, then you ended up uh, doing some reality stuff and mm-hmm. gaining some pretty decent fame there. Then some then some morning show, LA LA morning country radio stuff, and then you ended up on the USA network in sort of like a, I guess you could uh, you're probably sick of the comparison, but it's like maybe like sort of like a, a a Ryan Seacrest mirror role from like American Idol but in a show that was about country music, right? Yeah, man. No, I, that that never gets old. I mean, you know, Ryan Seacrest is printing his own money, so if I'm ever compared to him, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, no, I, I got you, I got you. But then, uh, you know, and then, and then through the years, based on your, you know, multiple runs, I guess, on some of the reality spots, and and maybe we will talk about that, maybe we won't. But it, it's it's kind of put you in, I guess. Uh, you you've been a little bit of tabloid fodder as well, haven't you? A little bit here and there. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I've. Uh, my love life, unfortunately, my love life seems to have dwarfed my career at this moment in time. But, I, you know, at this day and age, for some reason, and I hope it's not always like this, those two things seem to go hand in hand more often than not. I mean, tabloids uh, in those headlines end up making certain people's careers. Now, I hope that that's not the case with me. I hope that, you know, the the work ethic and the things that I put in will speak for themselves. But, yeah, I've I've been in the tabloids and I've. I've done some e shows and and done some things just because of people that were uh, in, I guess that I was attached to, and and one of the girls that I was attached to is like has gone on to do some major things, and people always want to ask about her. And so you know, I'm I'm very happy and proud of her, but hopefully one day I'll have my own thing, and people won't need to ask about who I'm dating. <laughs> is that rhyme with Anna Claimer? Cl- Cl- uh, no, uh, that was Chriselle Stouse. I did date oh. Anna Kramer for a uh, for a small period of time, uh, and wish wish her all the the best. We met through the country music world. She uh, talented artist and you know talented actress. 
Yeah, man. I I I knew of her. Uh, her music. Oh, oh, you know, way since not way back. She's not. She doesn't go way back. But as, as right. when she first broke onto the scene, she was a bit of a standout in the in the game. No. Yeah, I think she won uh, a CMA for best female new artist, best new female artist. Uh, I can't remember what year that was. And yeah, I mean, look, if anybody is a grinder, she is, and I'm sure she works hard. And um, and we, you know, we were only dating for a short period of time. I will say this though: uh, one of our mutual friends has spent some time with her, which I think is totally random because I don't get to see him very often. Mister Hal Hood has spent some time with Miss Janet Kramer. Hold on, hold on. I don't know if you want to give him a call, but he's uh, she was my plus one to his surprise birthday party uh, a few years back. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Hal, Hal's another section too. I mean, we're going to cover some stuff. Hal's Hal's definitely okay. on the board too. Okay. I've, I've spoken about Hal on this podcast. I, I I don't know if I've told him or not, but I've I've mentioned it, and I'll just basically leave it at this. And I've seen the meme. I've seen people talk about it, and it's as true as it gets. Man, those people who introduce you to new music, you want to keep them around. Because mm-hmm. he uh, and, and your business is music, and you do you my know, business you, is music. Yeah, but and I, I guarantee I you've gone so up that tree for a couple of times for some uh, for some recommendations now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he is he is definitely a very reliable source for giving it to you. We all have these friends in our lives, and hopefully you have this this friend in your life that will give it to you straight, no matter what. And they know, or nor do they care how you take that information. They just give it to you raw and uncut. And how is one of those guys? He will tell you if he likes or dislikes something, or if he thinks something is cool, or the very, 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 very opposite of cool. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. the nicest way I can put it. But he's got to, Graham, he's got to give us a little bit of a break, man. He's got to like, dude, I can't listen to Toby Keith. I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, tap my heels to a little Tim McGraw. No, he's a, I mean, he's, he's got his, he's, he's pretty strict when it comes to what's acceptable and what gets through the speakers with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's very selective. But I will say this: when you find something that he will get his approval, then you know you got something special on your hands. Oh yeah, I got a couple of those. I got two or three of them in my belt. Where I where I they're hard to, to him. find. They're yeah. hard to find. It's hard for him to give you credit. But yeah, uh, when you find something that he approves of, then you feel like you've really accomplished something. And I yeah. do appreciate that. It doesn't happen often, but when it does. You know, I crack a beer and I, I, I toast myself. <laughs> a little celebration. Exactly. I've sent stuff to him and been like, yeah, you got to hear this guy. He's like a cross between this and this, and I like him because of this. And he'll just write back, yeah, man, you're lost. You're lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or garbage. Yeah, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> garbage. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's go. let's go back quick. So, like, the one thing, you know, we've had many, many beers together, many, many late nights, many crazy conversations, crazy times, but I don't remember – Ever really kind of get in the details. So this whole thing, like, let's start start with the basketball. Did, I know you were big with hoops. I know hoops is something that remains close to you in your life, and it I know for a fact it always will. But what uh, what what was your basketball journey, and how close did you come to, I guess, doing that for a living for a while, or did you? Yeah, I did it for a living for a while. I played professionally in Europe. Um, but, yeah, I was born and raised in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, like, if anyone's familiar with college basketball, they always hear the term Tobacco Road. And it, it describes a highway that connects NC State, Duke, and Chapel Hill. 
which are all very rich in basketball history. Well, I was born in a hospital on Tobacco Road. So kind of growing up in that in that society. And I, I do believe that when we grow up, when, what we are, and this is very true nowadays, what the media feeds you becomes, it's hard to ignore that. And it, 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 it seeps into who you are. Um, and, and my example is growing up in Raleigh, North Carolina, even during football season, college basketball was on the cover of the, of the newspaper. And, but, you know, I'm aging myself, but we had newspapers when I was little. <laughs> and so there was no protein and it was just college basketball. So all I ever wanted to do and all the cool kids in my school were all basketball players. Basketball players seemed to get all the attention. So I was like, man, I want to be a basketball player. And I ended up really enjoying playing the game when I got a chance to start playing and I just became obsessed with it. And so that was really pretty much my identity until uh, I, I got injured over in Europe and my career came to an end. What was your, uh, how, how you got, you got the ball, the balls in your hand. Uh, how are you, how are you beating me? If I'm a, let's just say I'm Scotty Pippen. How are you beating me? Are you pulling up? Are you going to, fly past me are you gonna post me up how are you gonna beat me um well I, you know i was a system guy now now granted listen uh, i'm i'm very proud of the hard work that i put in and i think it's it's definitely helped me in my life um you know i'm i'm six foot white and not very athletic and i played point guard but i was uh first team all state uh conference and county player of the year i was first team all conference on two conference championship division one basketball teams uh at one point in time my junior year i led the nation in three-point shooting like I, I i have some things next to my name that i'm I'm very proud of but mostly what i'm proud of and i think some of this goes back into the bar thing and not to just blow smoke but one of the only reasons that i survived in the bar and working for you is you know there was definitely more experienced and more talented bartenders but there, there is something to be said to be easy to work with and being willing to do things for the team or being a company man. And that's kind of what I did. Like on the team, I was okay with sacrificing certain personal accomplishments or achievements or, you know, all right, cool. I won't, I won't shoot as much this game and score a lot of points because, you know, we, we need to get this guy going in order for the team to achieve success down the road. And so I, I think for me, the biggest attribute I ever brought to any basketball game was just being good a good member of the team being a good teammate and i think that goes a long way in life when you're working in companies and team settings it's very rare that you know maybe if you are an artist but even then like you have engineers you have producers you have writers you have you know radio reps and labels like we all work within some sort of ecosystem where we depend on other people and i just felt like for me my success was really being likable and working hard and setting an example for those around me of like, all right, cool. This is what it takes to be successful. Let's do that. You're, you're not, I mean, you're not kidding when it comes to that. Cause moving on to the next thing, I guess, after basketball, you kind of, I guess, decide that you want to take a shot at a career in some sort of entertainment. Did you have a specific area of, I guess, well, I don't want to, I don't know if the word is show business, but did you have a specific area that you wanted to break through in? Or did you kind of like, you know, throw your hand in everything and let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, it's crazy. And for anyone listening to this, and, and, you know, I, I know Tommy will probably roll his eyes or give me an oop, but um, 
I love Tommy, and and Tommy is a very close friend of mine. I'll pick up the phone anytime Tommy calls. Like that, that will never change. Uh, and and Tommy, you've had a, a bigger impact on my life than you think. Well, it's crazy to me that we've never even talked about this. Entertainment was, I, I wanted nothing to do with entertainment, and the way I got into it um, has been has been like tabloid fodder. I've been asked about it on several major networks. Like people don't even believe there was NBC or no ABC film. They flew to. They flew to New York when they found out how I got involved in The Bachelor and, and all that reality stuff. They flew to New York and filmed an exclusive special with me and the girl that I was living with at the time because they could not believe how random I it was that I got selected. Because I think you were the one that got me on the show, if I don't if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I was like, gonna I, ask I, you, I was gonna ask if you remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I don't have, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed by how how I was kind of in the state of mind I was in, but I think if I give it context, people will give me a pass. And I, I you know, I've talked to my family about it, but I was going through a, a really hard time in New York because my grandfather had passed, and my grandfather uh, was, you know, one of the closest people in my life, and he's still to this day. I'm very fortunate to say he's he's the closest person I've ever lost. So I I didn't have any experience dealing with that kind of that loss. And it was February 10th when he died. So I went home and, and buried my grandfather and it was really challenging, really difficult. And my father, who is my hero is, I mean, everything that I hope to be as a provider, as a father, as a, as, as a man, as a husband, like he, he's the man. It was the first time I ever felt like, he needed me in, in his life. My dad is the the core of my family. He provides everything. He's like, put it on my shoulders. I mean, he's a dress blues winning Marine. Like he, he's the toughest dude I know. And so to see my dad in that state, and I've never seen it before, you know, struggling to bury his father. I was just, it, 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 I was a wreck. I was a mess. And so I leaned very heavily on at that time was a girl that I had been seeing off and on. And, um, so I flew back to New York on February 14th, the morning, very early. Uh, she had been very instrumental and been great with me and helping me do some of the things that go along with funerals and, you know, making sure the body is, is ready for presentation and and doing things that unfortunately are just, part of life, but are very challenging. And it was very challenging for me since I, you know, was, I was so close to my grandfather and I, you know, I give her all the credit in the world. She was the one person, you know, I was trying to be strong for my family and, and, you know, making sure that everyone else could lean on me for the first time ever. And, you know, I was trying to, to make sure I was strong. And then I was very, I leaned heavily onto the girl that I was seeing or off and on seeing and I misinterpreted, I guess, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I don't want to throw dirt on anybody. But when I came back on February 14th, it was Valentine's Day. And we'll just say she had plans with somebody else. And I was a wreck. I had just buried my grandfather. I thought that I had lost this girl that I was in love with. And I went to the bar and I was working for you. And I definitely leaned into alcohol way more than I should. And the next thing you know, you you pulled me into a room with somebody, and I end up on The Bachelorette. 
<laughs> no, man. First of all, that's it. I, I knew how much your grandfather meant to you. You were you wore the those were his dog tags dog you would tags. always wear, right? So I knew yep. that, um, but I didn't know that you went through all that at the time. And uh, that's that's a great, great story. How you know for the first time you had to step up and be the person that your family leaned on, but then you had somebody in your corner that you were actually leaning on. And then I guess you know that went a little south. It sounds like, but. Yeah, man. Went, went real south real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as far as the – I was at a bachelor party in Florida, and mm-hmm. I was just at a dinner, and I was across the table with somebody who I had just met at that bachelor bachelor party, and he was the best friend, the the, the um uh, the best man of the groom, and he got a okay. call, and his call was an emergency, and he's like, shit. He sat back down. He's like, we just had a location bailing us in New York City, was supposed to do this new, uh, or maybe it was out for a little while, The Bachelor, I guess, I, it wasn't necessarily on my radar, but yeah, The right. Bachelorette, their their location just fell fell apart, and they needed something last minute, and I'm just sitting, I just looked at them and smiled, I'm like, you, you, you're at the right table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you just talking to the right guy. Yeah, so uh, like, we, we, which, where do you want to be? You want to be 42nd and 2nd, you know, wherever, wherever it was, and yeah, ended up being McFadden's, and then that was all set up. And then I still hadn't gotten home, and I think the auditions had happened. And then, yes, absolutely. They went through a whole – Cones, this is for real. They went through a whole slew of people in New York City. Graham was the freaking bartender. Did, didn't audition, was the bartender. And they just, you know, through getting to know everybody and seeing everybody, they ran through the whole run of auditionees. And then they said, "There's only one guy that's out of this place that we'd be interested in." And then they 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 attacked, they hounded you, didn't they? Yeah, I, I said I said no. Now I don't know if you know this, but do you know my backstory with that whole entire thing? And like, I, I was dating a young lady. Yeah, yeah, you. Actress. I was with you on that. You told me you told me the whole way. They even you're like you even said you tried everything to have them not you listen. I I can't. I don't have a suit. They bought you a freaking suit, right? Yeah, I didn't have clothes. I didn't have nothing. I was like, yo. I oh, I thought you were making that up because you had a girlfriend and you didn't want them to. Uh, all right. No, I just didn't. I, I didn't believe it. Like the girl, the girl that unfortunately, um, you know, I, I was no longer seeing. She had broken up with me originally to do the Bachelorette. Oh <laughs> yes, I remember this. Yeah. So like when when those people asked me to do the show, I was like, this is a joke. Like, oh. what are y'all talking about? Oh this man, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I screwed up the story because that's so much better. And I remember, I remember that being as she was supposed to, she broke up with you to do the bachelorette Mm -hmm. that gets scrapped. You're Mm -hmm. done. And they harass you to do the bat. Oh my gosh. You know what? Sometimes, you know, sometimes it works out. Yeah. And people don't believe, you know, people like, there's no way that happened. I'm like, man, they, they flew to New York when they found out. Cause you fill out. Like once I got there, they're like, Hey, I didn't have any kind of audition tape. I didn't have anything like I, I, I they just met me because I was working that night. And um, when I told them who my ex-girlfriend was, they were like, what? No, this is not real. And so when we did get back together and we ended up being together for like almost three years uh, after the show, they flew to New York and filmed the special. I don't know where that footage is, but they you know, we were living together at the time when they when they finally came to New York and filmed it. Wow. Oh, man. See, that's. Uh, you can't you cannot you can't if you write that somebody just say no it's not it's not necessarily realistic yeah that didn't happen yeah right. they're like no they're fudging that like and again anyone that's listening to this and 
putting the dots together and I'm so sorry if it's fragmented, it's been a while, but that's a real story. Like that is true to the date. Like it, it's, and I think you guys were helping me through all that stuff when she broke up with me. I was I was pretty heartbroken about it. No, 100%. You were always very kind of, you know, you were open about that pretty much. And, yeah, we we were, you know, it was. That's a, that's a nice way of calling me a bitch. I appreciate it. No, that. not at all because you were, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a bit of an, I remember it was like a little bit of a, I don't know. It was probably something you guys probably should have put to bed a, wh- a while before you did because you were kind of going back and forth and you would come in in all sorts of different moods. You know what I mean? It was it was, it was an extended, you know, that happens to all of us, an, ex- an ex- yeah. extended breakup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But, you know, we grow and we get through things. But, yeah, so, like, entertainment, to, to answer your first question, I had no – I had no – you know, sites on entertainment. I didn't know how that worked. And then I just kind of got pulled into it. Now I will say that I did have some success and there were some opportunities that I was given because of the reaction to my appearance on some of these shows. And that's kind of how my life got turned. Uh, it was never something that I intended, but uh, definitely for me, uh, when you see blessings and, and sometimes when you see opportunities, I think it's for me has been, something that I wanted to to pursue. I never wanted to take for granted any any opportunities that I was given. Yeah. No, and and I'll say something else. When I came in, I didn't know and then I guess we're just I guess we're going chronologically here. I came into that building. I'm I'm from the New York area, but I had been where was I? Where was I coming back from? This was Yeah, this was after Pittsburgh, I believe, right? Yeah, this is like oh Oh, was it in Pittsburgh? Wait, when, well, I, I got two runs. No, this is 05, 04, or 05? Uh, that I did the show or that I started working for you? That you, that we were working together at Calico Jacks. What year was that? We started working together in 2007 or 2008. Boom, that's, yeah, that was it. Okay, so it was the second run. Okay, and I came back, and I kind of inherited the staff, and mm-hmm. you know, it was a little bit of a thing where the place we were working at was a little bit of the stepchild of the corner. And, you know, the other place would had all that. I came in and I said, you know what? I get it. We're the same company. But I'm like, I, I, until we're even, until we're getting our piece of the pie, I kind of, I, I went to war with them. And I was kind of like, you know what? I'm, I'm looking after oh, this yeah. place. And yeah. out of all the people, to your, to well, your you credit. You built that place. You built that place. Well. <laughs> I mean, that, you, you gave us an identity, which was really cool. Well, I don't know if I built the place. The second thing I guess I'll kind of go with because I, I definitely that was important to me. I was like, you know, this place is deserves to be more. And if I'm going to be working at a place, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, if I'm, I, I don't want to be the freaking uh, captain of the second team. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm going yeah. for, we're going to go for, you know, at least we're going to take a shot at it. And that was the thing. And out of all the people. You you jumped on board with that. You know what I mean? You were like, you know what? I guess it's – I have a – you know, I, I don't – I never got to levels you got to, but I, oh, all the sports. I was sports all my life, and it was like if you're nothing else, you're competitive. You know what I mean? And the last thing you want to do is just be like some like, you know, I don't want to be the fuel for next door. I want, to, I want us to win. And you were like, yeah, man, let's do it. You were on board heavy, man. Yeah, well, I mean, one, I appreciated that. You know, big ups to to Mr. Johnny C. That, oh yeah. You know he he was he was kind enough to to let me work there when I had no bar experience. Now I, I think you know I think he would answer. Uh, I happen to have a very attractive young lady friend that that recommended, and I don't think John had the heart to say no, so he kind of <laughs> had to hire me. But um, 
you know, you didn't have to keep me when you came in. So when you asked, hey, this is how we're going to run things, I was like, man, I'm all in. Like, I'm not going to – I'm a team guy, and if this is the way we're going to make our place better and this is how we're going to do it and be successful, I'm on board. Like, there was – I didn't really know any better. And I did appreciate your leadership style. Like, it, it, it worked with me. It felt like a team thing. So, like, I took pride in it. I was a little rough sometimes. I know that, and I know uh, Hal will never let me live down the incident. Uh, <laughs> trying to trying to cross cross into the kitchen, and I I didn't I didn't I, it was, I botched that one, so let's, we'll we'll leave it at that. We won't bore the listeners with that. But you know when I when I you know I knew you were kind of doing some stuff. I think you were doing some modeling or some acting, or I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know you had gigs and stuff like that, and yeah. uh, and then I know you did. Well, I was a doorman at a shoe store as well. I mean, like I was, I was hustling. You know how it is in yeah. New York, New York City. Anyone listening to this, like I, you know, one of the cool things about Tommy, he probably doesn't, he doesn't dig into it in himself is, you know, in the theme of this this podcast, I think even if you have no idea who I am, which I would imagine most people don't, the the thing about life is we all go through struggles and hassles, and New York City is a very challenging place to survive. So when you go there, you learn very quickly to check your ego at the door and do what you got to do to pay your bills. So I was a doorman at a shoe store after being a professional athlete. That was humbling. Uh, you know, I'm working Sundays at a bar for forty bucks at a you know a clip sometimes because you know we hadn't we hadn't brought in the big gun Tommy Cash yet and. You know, it was just it was a, a renaissance things of how do you keep your head above water and figure out how to survive in this world. Yeah. And the other end of it, I mean, we can we can say it like that was just a, a run, just a run. I mean, it's just a moment in time. The stuff that went on there, the stuff that we would be involved with, with the bread and everything. It was just a yeah. I mean, it was a zoo and just, you know, the whole starting at happy hour at five o'clock, fast forward all the way till Gemini Diner Sunday morning at 9 a.m. It was just a run, man. And we, you know, it was just one of those labors of love, whether we may have been uh, setting ourselves back several years with the, uh, you know, (laughs) what we were doing to ourselves. But we had a nice little ride there for a minute, no? Oh, man. You can't pay for experiences like that. I mean, like, honestly... I hope and pray that anyone that's listening to this has seasons of their life where they get to work with people they enjoy being around. And for the most part, in those times, for me, I can only speak from my own experience, life for the first time wasn't about, all right, I got to I gotta get this grade and I got to I gotta average this amount of points if I want to go to college. Like, I'm gonna, I, get, I need a scholarship. Like, everything was, okay – let me figure out who I want to be as a person. Let me figure out what I'm into. And like the, the pressure outside of, all right, I'm going to go in and do my job well, and I'm going to make as much money as possible so I can stay here and survive. Other than that, it was just a wonderful period of time. And like I had some incredible experiences. I learned a lot. And I think a lot of success in this world is how you interact with people. And when you're a bartender, you learn real quickly that service and being able to be a melting pot of people you 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 come across all types of people you learn to talk to people you learn to listen to people and those are all skills that translate into any job if you pay attention you know no definitely that's well said and before i just uh, i guess i guess i'm jumping around a little but i just remembered that season that you did 
with the bat. Mm-hmm. I think that was your best trick of all. Like, not a trick. It, it sounds bad when you say it like that. I, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that. But when you go on this show, and it's the age-old thing, right? They'll, they'll tell you. You know, when you because you were sort of interested still in having this, uh, I don't know whether it was toxic, whatever it was, relationship with your ex, but she was still very much in your life and in your in your heart. You, for that reason, I guess, were a little standoffish to the Bachelorette, and then you know, Psychology One Hundred and One. A lot of yeah. times, when you when you when you're the one who's hard to get, and I and I and I'm being honest with you, okay. As as a as a heterosexual male, it's a little tough to sit through that whole show. You know what I mean? And uh, of course, yeah. Had it not been for you, I, I couldn't watch that stuff. But I did watch when you when you were on, and I remember just at the end when you finally did, and you were like the last one eliminated. I think the first, the first, the second to last eliminated, and then it was in a situation where you know you only got eliminated because you weren't putting anything in. Well, I actually asked to go home. I I asked to be eliminated. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I asked to go home. Yeah, yeah. So we set it up to where it wasn't, but she's done interviews now, and it's public knowledge. Like, I bit the bullet and, you know, was like, look, whatever she wants to do, I'm down for it. But, you know, this is going to be my last episode. I'm going to go home. Uh, I gave it a shot. I wasn't ready for marriage. Um, you know, so Cause, cause you know, I, whatever she – I would but, hate to be the guy <laughs> When you, when she eliminates you, quote unquote eliminates you, uh, yep. and and the guy's standing there, and it's supposed to be this celebration. Now it's her. She freaking chases you into the limo. She did. Yep. Oh, yep. It's, it's, I mean, well, I told I told the guys. Well, I told I told one guy who he was he was really wanting to marry this young lady. So I said, "Look, I'm gonna get out of the way. I'm leaving." And he was like, "No way, you're not gonna leave." And so. You know, if you watch that episode, I'm standing next to, you know, one of my buddies and, and he was really into her. And I said, look, I'm going to get out of your way, man. If you love this girl, then go get it. And I remember him like as soon as his name was called, he was the last name and he knew what was happening. Like he knew what the real deal was. He looked at me and smiled and, and like I gave him a wink and I think they might have kept that in there. Oh wait, that's um, sort of it, sounding familiar. I think that might be a little yeah, familiar. Yeah, I was just like, "Look, man, like I don't, I'll bite the bullet." And I did. Like, no one knew what really happened for years, and people would ask me, and I'd say, "Nah, she rejected me." And um, you know, we all have egos. It wasn't the easiest thing to to swallow, but I love the girl as a person. She's still a good friend of mine, um, and I think she respected the fact that I didn't lie to her. I I, I was true to myself. I you know. I even let her know about my ex. I was like, listen, I'm coming out of something where I was heartbroken. Like it was really bad. I have a hard time trusting people and I definitely have a hard time falling in love. And this was the only time I'd ever been in love, you know, as, as an adult. So I'm a mess right now, but I'm working on it. So she knew about all that stuff. And I think she respected the fact that I didn't treat it like a TV show. I treated it as a human experience of like, well, let's get to know one another. If we fall in love, great. And if we don't, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And and unfortunately for her, it just it just wasn't there for me. I wasn't ready for marriage. Right, right. No. So then, so I was by the time the show aired, I had already uh, moved to Pittsburgh 
to work on that other yes. project. Yeah, and, you'd already left, man. This yeah. shit wasn't the same. Man. Yeah, and I was pissed. Left, I was pissed because I knew you guys were getting together with watches and having bachelorette watches, and oh, that must have oh, been. Oh no, I I didn't get to do any of that. I was dating someone, and they were like, "Nope, we're, you and I are having date night when this show airs because <laughs> it airs months afterwards." Like my life had my life had changed. Like I got back and 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 picked up things with the ex you know oh my gosh that must have been like an hour and a half deposition every week (laughs) it was brutal bro it was brutal and and i'll be honest with you i was living with the aforementioned how how hood how hood and i were living together and he would watch it and like i would hear him laughing and i'd be going out on it i'd be leaving and he'd be in there drinking whiskey and just having the time of his life and i'd have to come back and he'd be like man how much trouble are you in? I'm like, I'm not really in trouble. I'm just, you know, the, the girl's mad at me because, you know, because you're on the bachelorette. Watching. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, we weren't together when I was on it and she dumped me. So like she had, she didn't have any right to, to be mad at me. She was just upset. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this. And like the only time it got really bad was, um, I was the first guy to get like a one-on-one date and i was the first guy to kiss the girl and so she was like you should have prepared me i wasn't ready for it and then it just it started out on the wrong foot you know that's amazing um and that's got to be crazy i'm just picturing how too because that's your brother you know what i mean we're all yeah cool. brother, that's that's yeah. your brother and, and and i know how close you guys are uh going to college and everything together and and that's i mean that, he must have he must have had such a good time with that well, I don't know if he remembers this, and I, you know, hopefully it's been long enough or I won't get in trouble. One of the nights I was out there, if anyone listened to this, it's kind of interesting, and, and hopefully it's entertaining for some people, but uh, they give you like a babysitter. Like you're not allowed to have a phone. You're not allowed to you know, look at television. Like all they, all they want you to do, they, they, they lock you in a house and like give you alcohol, and then you know, they – and I, I firmly believe alcohol just – I guess it makes you more of who you are. Like if you're angry, you get even more angry. If you're outgoing, you become even more outgoing. It's kind of like gasoline on a fire. Right. It amplifies. Yeah. Well, I worked in a bar, so I, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I could drink, I could drink a lot of alcohol and still be, you know, I can still control my facilities. Yes. I I had my whereabouts about me. Well, my, my handler slash babysitter, was not very proficient in drinking whiskey we'll just say so i would we would sit down and i'd be palling around with him and i'm like man let's i'm stressed out man let's see you and i have some drinks and i just drink him under the table till he fell asleep and i take his phone and call hal (laughs) (laughs) like i remember calling Hal, being like yo i'm the guy i don't know how to handle it Uh, well, when I was in Pittsburgh, I would come back every once in a while. And this is so, so now you're done with the bachelorette. Okay, what happens now? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I was in Pittsburgh and I would come back and shout out to the uh, the legendary Joe Hitty. Uh, yeah, Hitman. <laughs> yeah, the Hitman. So he May was, he rest in peace, man. May he rest in peace. <laughs> it was a good run. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I just know. So this guy, I mean, I got you. Got to give it to Joe Hitty. We didn't always see eye to eye, but this guy was a very talented guy. He was just, I guess, a little bit of a mad genius in his own world, and he would put together these little things together and kind of cultivate, you know, the type of atmosphere that was conducive for building a culture in the industry that we were in, which ultimately usually facilitated a good amount of success. And uh, I remember there was he was his newest creation was the orchestration of this thing called the Sully Awards. And I remember I came home 
for one of these. And his dream and his vision was, it started out, it was just, you know, in the back of the bar and it was like maybe 20 people there or whatever and everybody roasted each yep. other. And then by the end of the, the run, I think he was renting out theaters to do this thing in and it was like, it got big. But I just remember the first time I came back and you were tasked with the host position. That's I, correct. I was the host. Yeah, and I just remember being there in the audience and having you kind of playing that role, and I'm like, oh my boy, my boy knows what he's doing. And, and, oh and, man, no, I'm serious. And 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 honestly, it just that's to me, it's like a thing that you're not really. You're not teaching that. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to teach that. But you were up there and you were, you know, like you said, work. you always, from the beginning, likability, uh, you were smooth, you were, uh, 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 what's the word, um, articulate, and, you know, and it was a fun night and you really knew how to keep that moving. So I don't think, I never, when I watched you that night, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, so he's going to be doing morning radio in LA. Uh, but it makes sense that you did. How did how did we end up getting there? Like the move from New York to L.A. and then eventually that. How did that happen? Oh, also a very entertaining story. Oh boy, <laughs> and, uh, one that doesn't go over well in the radio world, but it'll be entertaining for your listeners. Um, so, you know, radio. Most people when they start out with radio, you know, they go to school for broadcasting or. Uh, you know, they intern at certain places and they start off in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then they move to Sioux Falls and then they, you know, Tupelo, Mississippi. And so for anyone that doesn't know this, but uh, I didn't know this when I got the job, Los Angeles is the number one. It's the largest country radio market in in the country, uh, Southern California. And I think the reason that is, is there's only one major station out here and there's 13 million people. So that makes it you know, if you want to listen to country music, you you only got one option. Whereas other places, there's multiple multiple outlets, and so those that fan base gets split up. So, I started in Los Angeles on morning radio, which is a very coveted position. Uh, I had never done radio before, and just basically, you know, figured it out on the fly, which was you know it was intimidating, but you know, in life, that's something I think that I've been blessed with the delusion to believe if I work hard enough, it's something doesn't matter what it is. I could be successful at it. So I, when I got the job, I felt like, all right, well, this is my opportunity to make something of myself, you know, in a, in a respectable entertainment realm, not, not a reality dating show. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing reality dating shows, but for me, uh, I won't speak for anyone else. I didn't want to be a career person that leaned on that franchise to give me my identity. I wanted to outgrow that and do something that I felt like my parents really respected and loved. And and uh, being a morning show personality, you know, you're running a board, you're operating, you're playing music, and you're trying to be entertaining. You're trying to you know make sure that you don't talk too much and you don't make people leave. And my whole thing was, all right, I don't want to mess it up. Country music is incredible. People listen to the radio because they want to hear really cool stories and they want to be entertained, but don't get in the way of the music. And I think a lot of people mess that up sometimes and make the shows about themselves. And, and I tried never to do that. But the reason that I got hired was um, the gentleman that owned the station. It's privately owned. I have been told and he, he would have to confirm this. So I, I can't confirm it as fact. But the story that I've been given by people in the know said that he was looking for, and now we're in the age of social media. He was looking for a celebrity. And I, I use that word loosely 
But he was looking for a celebrity with country background, with a following that was bigger than the, the radio station in itself. Um, the radio station at the time, I think, had like 5,000 followers. At the time that I was given the opportunity to audition, I think I had like 100,000 followers or something because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was during the bachelor days and uh, Instagram was just getting off the ground. And, um, so I, you know, I qualified this checklist. He looked up Christian celebrities and my name appeared on a list, like a Google list. And so he brought in whoever was on that list and through the audition process, like I did a couple shows where they recorded it and they, they put me on the spot and, you know, tried to make me stumble and they wanted to see how many times I would use the word, uh, or, um, or you know, didn't see how articulate I could be under pressure. And, you know, luckily everybody else must've been really bad because they gave me the job. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I downloaded the app and I, I was, I was always like, cause I mean, it was perfect. I'm like, I got my boy playing country music. I'm, <laughs> I'm in, and I would just download the app and listen to it, and it was great. And I used to love it, dude. It was laugh so much when you would go on the air, and you would tell just, I guess, funny, wacky stories, or maybe they were jokes, little, I guess, uh, uh, you know, quick little hits, like 15-second little stories, and then you would use our names in some of the things. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I, I You know, I, I honestly feel like in life, people want to hear authentic and genuine stories about the people in their lives. Like I hope I pray that anyone listening to this has a Tommy Casabona in their life. I hope that they have a how hood in their life. Someone that they could be like, you know what? I got a guy like that. I got a guy that'll tell me the truth. And like, sometimes it's funny. And sometimes it's like, man, if I didn't love you, I would really hate that. Yeah. You know, I, I hope people really, you know, they can relate to it. And I, I think that that, was a big thing for me. I, I would tell stories about you. I would tell stories about the things that I learned and, and some of the, the things that crazy, wacky experiences we had together. It was, it was awesome, man. And, and you know, you're a big part of my story and you will always be a big part of my story. No, same, same here, same here, a hundred percent. And, and, uh, Oh, you know what? I did, skipped over this. You actually, you actually helped me cause you, you bailed me out of something too. Because I don't know if you remember one night you you had an unfortunate incident behind the bar. Okay, you remember where I'm going yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can tell that story. I didn't know any better. <laughs> no, you just you like you said. I I believe what you said. You said you would just you know you, you served a minor, and it was just like it it was more like it seemed like this was like an unfortunate like it was Sunday night. We never have anybody in there past like eight nine o'clock. Somebody came in. They looked like they were down in their luck. And who do they, and this is not your fault. Who do you think the police send in to do sting operations? Do you think they send in kids that look look like they're sixteen? No, they look for people who look above the age. Somebody who you would never think to ID because that's where they're going to catch you and that's how they're going to make their money. So they got you right. They got you. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit. Yeah. I was ordered to, and he didn't, the boss didn't even know who you were. This was a little bit before you were on everybody's radar or whatever, maybe. And I was. But I didn't charge the guy. No, and you didn't charge him. Oh, yes, you didn't charge him, too. That was a thing. I didn't charge him. That was probably what he was more worried about. I didn't sell him anything, (laughs) which is technically how, you know, hopefully that that gave you a little leeway. I didn't charge him. (laughs) No, that made it worse. Oh, okay. You know well, who I bought. Law enforcement. I didn't think they could. I didn't think they could prosecute if I didn't. If I didn't sell them a beer. Well, probably. <laughs> I probably think you probably wouldn't even have gotten uh, the can if you uh, if you charged him at least. No, knowing our boss, yeah. <laughs> knowing who our guy was. But he, yeah. you know, he's like Tommy. You're not. He's gone. He's gone. 
He's gone. He's yeah, gone. he's out. He was gone. He's like, <laughs> and then I brought it up, and then like a week or two went by, and I told you, and you were out of town, and I had to tell you, I was like, you know, this is this is what yeah. it is, and then you know, I went to bat for you two more times, and he was like, Tommy, 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 don't bring it up. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's out. So then, now this is right around the time I'm considering going to Pittsburgh, and. He needs me in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh thing that he had, the plans he had out in Pittsburgh kind of fell through, and he needed me out there. And I basically called him up one day because I had turned it down originally. And then I, I kind of just got the you know, the competitive drive came in me again. And I was like, where, where am I going to be? I've been a GM for a while. I want multiple units. I want to be able to go to the next level, and that's only going to happen if I you know, make a move, step out of the comfort zone. So I called him up, and I know her. I was like, hey, you know, how bad do you need somebody in Pittsburgh? He's like, get to the office right now. So I I did, and we we had the conversation, and we had a back and forth. We talked about you know just just kind of like going back and forth about pay, about everything, and finally it settled on I'm going to Pittsburgh, and then I said to him, but there's one last thing I'd like to talk to you about before, and then uh, and, and he's like what? He's like so so the guy Graham that he's like what is with you and this guy? He was like, "What are you? What are we? What, what's going on? Does he does he have something on you?" And uh, I'm like, "No, I just want you to know that he is. I mean, what he does for us, and it was all about at that time. It was just about what you had done for us. We can rely on this guy because I think you were doing Tuesday nights, or you're doing a weeknight. You were doing Sundays. I just want you to. Yeah, I was doing whatever you asked. Yeah. Like whatever I could get in, I was in. I, yeah, I'll, I'll be there." Every girl that comes in wants to bang them. Every day, dude. I used to take calls for you, like three, three to three in the morning. I used to take calls for you. I'm trying to close the freaking bar. Who is that bartender? Is he still there? Is he still? I'm like, oh man, this. I, I get it. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, but I, but so then he reluctantly he i think he was just in a good mood because he had his pittsburgh thing taken care of he didn't have that hole in the staff right. so he's like fine i don't know i don't get it i don't understand it but fine fine no problem but then all the freight then you popped then you popped and you know i mean the notoriety you brought to the place the pr the attention you brought to that place i i never let, i never i never let him forget about that i'm like see that's the guy you want see that's the and of course you and him are close you and him developed a relationship and he he probably wouldn't even remember that freaking story right now at this point he probably wouldn't even remember that was you that uh you know <laughs> but no yeah he was he was good to me after that i mean when the bar was packed i mean people it, it was i mean this is Again, apologies for anyone listening to this. Is like, oh, well, that's a very conceited thing to say. It's not. It it sounds that way, but it's not. I they stopped ma- making me bartend. They were like, look, man, no one's ordering from other people. Like it was kind of like a bottleneck thing. Yeah, like, I was just taking pictures, and they were like, look, why don't you why don't you just you know stand over here, and then every once in a while go out and talk to people, and then come back, and then go go next door. Like I was like, yeah, you know, I work for the company. I was like, whatever y'all want me to do, I'll do it. But. Yeah, he, he was very happy with me after that because there was a lot of people coming into the store for about six to seven months, dude. And I was, dude, I was in Pittsburgh. I was able to bring you out to Pittsburgh for a freaking yeah. appearance, and and you drew people yeah. in Pittsburgh. So I mean, it worked yeah, out. It so that that you kind of bailed me out of that a little bit. I mean, not that he even remembered, but it would that was cool. And then, all right, so I know we're 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 moving a little slow here, but I want to go next because this was like, and we were all I was extremely excited because I was in Florida by now, in Boca. And then there's little rumblings that you're going to be on a freaking TV show on the USA Network. And 
working with some, I mean, household names in a format yeah. that everybody's familiar with. And man, that show was phenomenal. I mean, you, 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 it was basically, you, well, so what was the, the theme behind that show? It was basically American Idol style country music, right? Yeah, which is, which is cool that you bring it up. This, this was announced, um, and I'll get to the announcement. An announcement came out two days ago about that show. So I, I was, I auditioned for, a television show and uh, it was called real country and the executive producer was shania twain travis tritt shania and jake owen were going to be the judges on the show and the premise was just basically like look they're going to go out and find the best no-name artist that they could those artists were going to perform and then the studio audience that was in the amphitheater that they rented out was like close to eight eight or nine hundred people capacity uh while we we're filming would vote on who advances and every episode was a one-off. So you didn't have to, if you missed one episode, it didn't matter. You could watch the next episode. And then the grand finale was all the winners from their episode would compete on the finale. So I got a chance to host it and it was really cool. And, and unfortunately, you know, COVID hit and season two didn't come back and they stole the rights to Apple. Apple is now making that show again with Reese Witherspoon and Orville Peck is hosting it. He's taking my spot. And I think, you know, I don't think Shania or Travis or any of those people have signed on, but uh, Jimmy Allen and Mickey Guyton, I know have signed on to be judges. So there's a reincarnation. Obviously I work for Amazon, so I I could not be involved in it, but uh, that show is coming back. And I I, I don't know what the title of it's going to be, but it is going to have another life. It was it was it was surreal to me because at that point I was working in a country bar down here, historic country bar yeah. down here called Renegades, and I would do most of the like during the day. It was it was a weird stint because I ended up going back to New York. This was like maybe a five or six month thing, but I was pretty close with everybody, and I would you know work, manage at night sometimes, and it was just you know whatever. And then all of a sudden they started putting the signs up. They I guess they got you know your PR team for the show, the budget, whatever. They send it out. They learn who the country bars are, and I see the owner putting up your freaking picture in my bar <laughs> that's crazy and i'm like you know that's one of my good friends they're like yeah 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 sure like, no no you don't you don't understand <laughs> you know because everybody's <laughs> friends with somebody you know what i mean right right <laughs> like you're like no no no, but like i'm really friends yeah with like, we're homies <laughs> they're like oh they're like and they may believe like, oh, okay that's nice yeah that's nice you know but i'm like i'm like having this many freak out in my mind that you know my owner is just hanging up a picture of you at the at the front you know front door of the register and i'm like yeah. okay so they so they just hung up hung graham up on the wall okay i guess that's that's i guess that's what happens today <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's small world man i never heard i never knew that that's awesome yeah no it was cool um and as we slowly wind wind down here and start to uh, think about wrapping things up but i wanted to also say something uh, more of a, I guess I'm not. I'm not trying to make this like a blow fest or anything. But one thing I could tell about you, and as far as like, uh, you know, your journey through this whole thing, and whether it's been through your radio, whether it's through your, uh, you know, your TV stuff or whatever, through your social media and through a lot of, I don't know what else, but you know, talking even how, just knowing, and, and Stu and everybody, and like just knowing, I, I guess observing it from afar. It seems to me, and I'm in this business, so I come a, a lo- across like you know some celebrities and, and and a lot of radio personalities, and most of the radio personalities 
end up being in a position where they're like kind of cloud chasing for the, I guess the, you know, the, the, the respect from a lot of the artists. And when they come into town, yeah, you got to hang out with me. Right. I could tell you, you're not going to really say this, but it's almost like they seek you. Like a lot of these artists, whether it's Kip Moore, whether it's Dustin Lynch, whether it's Chris Stapleton, even I've seen Garth Brooks, they all kind of yeah. seem to like, they come to your market and they're like, Hey man, where's Graham? Let's go. I want to, I want to, I want to kick it with Graham. Yeah, I've been I've been very lucky, man. And again, I think um, part of that is a lot of it has to do with New York. Like, you know, if anyone's ever lived in New York, one of the things that you learn very quickly is no one cares what you do in New York. Like they like everyone has their grind. Everyone has their hustle. And they're just trying to provide for their family and figure out their own life. And so, like, I think when you work there and then you go into other spaces, you understand that, like, we're all people and. Uh, you know, I was new to the radio game, so I wasn't a traditional radio personality. And I, you know, I don't want to, I don't have a lot of friends that are radio personalities that that's just because I, there was only one radio station out here in LA. So I didn't, I wasn't around them very often, but I have been told, and I'm very proud of it, that, that artists have said, man, you know, we just don't look at you like that. And I think if you treat people like human beings and, you know, kind of, let them do their thing. Like I'm super blessed and humbled to go to these country shows and, and to have the access that some of these guys give me, but they also know, Hey, look, man, you go do your thing. Like, no worries. I, you know, <laughs> you don't have time to talk to me. That's all good. I came to hear the music. Like I'm, I'm good. I don't need, or there was times where people like, Hey, do you want to do a video or a picture? And I'm like, for what? Yeah. They're like, I, I don't know for your socials. I'm like, nah, man, I'm here to hang. I don't, you know, I don't really care for that. Like, if you want to do it, yeah, sure, of course. I'm not going to turn that down, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to, to get to know you as a as a person. Like, I don't What's So a, I, I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just yeah, I, you know, I'm probably rambling, but I, I think if if I have any talent in the world, I think it would just be to go back to what we started with is just being, you know, kind of the best teammate I can possibly be. And as a radio personality, you do have some sort of role in some of the artists, the exposure that they get and their music gets to uh, the fan base. And so I've always wanted to, hey, look, man, music comes first, you come first. And then if people like me after that, awesome. I love that. I, I want as many friends as possible, but I'm not going to use you or your music to make friends. Like, I, I, I'm always going to put you first and. Like, if you want to be friends and homies, man, I love that. But if you don't, I get that too, man. Like, <laughs> no worries, dude. You don't owe me nothing. And I, I think when people don't feel pressured to deliver anything, then they're free to just be your friend. And I, I think that that's kind of the approach I've taken. And, um, yeah, it's 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 boded well for, for a lot of artists' relationships that I have. So what what is your – what's your Instagram? Just Graham Bun, yeah. So Graham Bun. All right, so – yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hope you're prepared for the. Uh, I hope the server is prepared for the onslaught of follows you're about to get after this. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, and I'm active on there. Like I try to answer anyone that writes me. I, I don't get to all of them, but I, I do. I, I I do my best to make sure that I um I never lose like just being a real human being. You know what I mean? Like the accessibility of just being a person. Someone says hi to you, say hi back. Um. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some good stuff. What, so, did you did you did you break up Florida Georgia Line or no? I did not break them up. I'm actually friends with both of those guys separately. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine. Closer to Tyler. <laughs> I would imagine it separately. They had a little. They had a little thing. No. 
they did. They did. And, and again, I think that they're all good now. Um, but I think creatively they wanted to do two separate things, which they are. If you're listening to their music now, you can tell that they're doing two separate things. And, you know, people always talk about I've never had this, but I, I, the only thing I can relate it to is if you play like you play sports and you play in front of a crowd, like you play in front of 10,000 people. There's something special about that. Like you get a dopamine hit that you're like, oh, man, you get all amped up and excited. Well, those guys were playing stadiums for five, six, seven years. And I think that they just became not numb to it, but they're like, okay, how do we, how do we do something new? How do we create that dopamine hit? How do we create new challenges for ourselves? And, um, you know, life comes into it, families come into it, but I think at its core, both of them creatively wanted to do something independent of what they were doing together. And so that's what they're doing now. I guess so. And I guess maybe if this is the one cruising piece, I guess I could say like, you know, when, when you, when I went on that cruise, they, I mean, I, I could tell you right now, and it, that was like a who's who of Graham's people. So they had them and Dustin Lynch was on that. I mean, there was some moments oh, nice. on that cruise when I could tell you that, I mean, first of all, <clears throat> when they came out, it was just like, you could tell what you're saying. And, um, uh, BK and, uh, Tyler, Tyler's the, Tyler's the uh, yeah. main guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he, mm-hmm. he always seemed like, even from what he was saying and conversations walking around the ship and just little intimate things, you could tell he was more than country. He wanted to kind of, I guess, cross into different things just by the artists, mm-hmm. some of the artists that he handpicked to be on the sailing with us. Uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting. And, um, you know, I was, I, I was, I was like BK. I thought he was a little underdog. I thought, I don't think they let him sing enough. Correct. And I think, uh, you know, I think BK wanted to show people, you know, his his level of talent and he's doing that now. And he's, you know, he's he's a good I mean, BK is a good dude. I met someone out here. Here's a cool story about BK. It doesn't involve me, but it involves one of my buddies. I get a phone call from a friend of mine out in Malibu. He's like, hey, man, aren't you friends with the guys from Florida, George Line? I said, yeah, they're, you know, I mean, we're pals. I, I don't know. Like now Tyler and I are really close. Like Tyler, you know, comes over. He bought a house a couple miles from me. So when he's in L.A., um, you know, we'll do dinner or we'll go hiking or something like he's just he's just a really cool dude. But at the time, I just knew them as, oh, yeah, I mean, I've done some interviews with them. Um, they always have me out. And, you know, sometimes they let me hang on the bus uh, if they're if bus calls, you know, the next day. But I don't I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them friends. We don't like call one another and wish each other happy birthday. And he was like, no, the only reason I'm asking is uh, Brian Kelly is here at the bar. And I was like, oh, well, dude, he's he's super nice. I don't know. Like I wouldn't bother him, but I mean, he's, he's a cool dude. Go tell him, you know, go tell him you like his music and then just go on about your day. Like he's, he's great. If you, if you really want to talk to him, just go say what's up. And if you need to drop my name, you can, but it's not going to get you any currency. And so my buddy was like, all right. So he walked over there and he really wanted to talk to Brian. And he, he did. He said, Hey, I'm friends with Graham. And I just called him and, you know, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of your music. And I guess they sat there and Brian like bought, the whole, like his whole crew, all their dinner, all their beers without knowing, like the guy got up and he went to pay his bill. They're like, oh no, Brian took care of it right before he left. Get out of here. So like, he's just, you know, he's just a good dude like that. He's just a nice guy. Yeah, man. Oh, that's, I mean, that's what you always say, like country music artists. They're like, they're like the hockey players of uh, uh, athletes where they, you know, you get access and they don't, they don't, you know, of course, I'm sure some of them do, but a lot of them, they're pretty accessible. And, you know, the one thing about country music I always say, and it's just like, you know, when you, uh, 
uh, country music is about appreciating what you what you what you do have. You know, a lot of other popular music and music sets out there is about going after this and trying to get that and come in just sure. going. Country music is about appreciation appreciating what you do have and you know just I knew you know you somewhere else. One of my first concerts, I just heard Tim McGraw take the stage and Tim McGraw was opening for Kenny Chesney and which is you know Tim McGraw opening for anybody is kind of crazy, but he was just out there and he just goes. Went out there, did his first number, and he stopped. And he's literally in a in a in a stadium of eighty thousand people in New Jersey, in freaking New Jersey. Like like he ever thought that would happen, probably. And then he was just like, "Hey man, I just want to uh, thank all of you guys. I know how hard you guys work for your money, and what you you know for you to p- use some of that and pay for it for these tickets to this show. Just want you to know how appreciated it. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's freaking. You know, you can't. Yeah. You know, you, you, just the appreciation, man. It's uh. It's it's awesome. Um Man, he's a legend. Yeah, definitely. Didn't you do a country cruise once? Uh yeah, I hosted one. Yeah, I hosted a country cruise. I'm trying to think who the artists were on that cruise. Um I'm drawing a blank on it. But it was like one of it was very early on in my career in country radio. Yeah. Uh, but it was a smaller cruise. Did you enjoy it? Was it a good time? We they didn't have I don't think we had any big acts like that. Uh, I didn't do yeah cruise. I didn't do I didn't do that one, but that Florida Georgia Line cruise was ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like first of all, Dustin Lynch. <laughs> that I guess they were just having the country artists do like regular cruise things, like what the entertainment staff would normally do. So you know, yeah. cruising is big with bingo. So they had Dustin Lynch host the freaking bingo. Dustin Lynch comes in there with shorts past his like knees, a backwards hat on, and like a wife beater on, and he was as drunk as shit. I mean, <laughs> it was he was like cursing up there. He's like, you know, make changing the rules in the middle of the game. He was like, some girl screamed out from the crowd, "Justin, uh, Dustin, I want your babies on my face." And he's like, "You oh, can God. get them. You can get them." <laughs> Oh, God. Dying laughing. Oh, God. But he basically had to get helped off the stage. And, you know, Dustin Lynch is pretty, usually a, a pretty together guy. And, you know, he has his act yeah. together, you know. So the very next night, each one of them took turns of working the main stage, which the main stage ended up being like the pool deck. If you, it was your night to be on the pool deck, the next night was, uh, was his night on the, uh, on the pool deck. And he was back to normal. He had that tight hat on again, the butt, the shirt buttoned up, and he looked refreshed. And he came out and he started playing. He's like, "I want to give a, uh, I want to give a big apology to anybody who came to bingo yesterday." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that guy. It's unbelievable how hard that guy works. Um, yeah, you know, I've I've been able to spend a little bit of time with him in Nashville, and he's always been so kind to me and, and has allowed me to stay at his house for extended periods of time, whenever I'm there on, on business. But when I tell you this guy, this is the kind of work that this guy has, like he'll go out on tour and he'll do a two hour show. If you ever seen Dustin live, uh, he he's incredible. He doesn't take nights off. He gives you every ounce he's got. I went out and I think I can't remember what city we were in. He let me ride the bus with him for a couple dates and he gets off the, he gets off the, the stage, he's just done a two-hour show. He does a meet-and-greet. Um, I don't know if it was a make-a-wish thing or or if he was just being kind or if someone had a sign and his tour manager saw, uh, you know, there was a special needs audience member there that really wanted to meet Dustin. So Dustin goes and spends probably 30 minutes with this family, which is incredible. Then he comes back, and all of the other artists that were opening and uh, the crew, all, all the stages have been broken down. People are having beers and just hanging out. 
he gets on the bus and he has flown out two writers and he then proceeds to have like a two hour writing session where, you know, he's just trying to work on the next album. And he did that three nights in a row where he wasn't, you know, he wasn't sleeping. He was getting off the stage and instead of partying, he was going back to work on, on his album. So, uh, you know, Dustin Lynch's music is, you know, whether you, whether it's for you or not for you, I would really like to convey how hard that guy works at his craft. It, it's really inspiring to see how much he cares, how much he, he puts into his music. And, um, yeah, I love the guy to death. Like he's been great to me, but I'm, I'm definitely inspired by how he doesn't take a night off. Like he is all gas. He's not, he wants to achieve some wonderful, amazing things. And I will say this, he takes care of his crew. Like he, he makes sure that if you're, you're the guitar tech. If you're sweeping the floor after he's performed, like he treats you like you are the president of his label. And I love seeing that. Oh man, that's, that's, it's so good to hear that, man. It really, and he, he does seem that way. It seems like that's the way he is. And yeah, it's genuine. Everything you see. And, and for the most part, like, you know, 90%, and I'm not going to air out the few people that I just, I don't care for because I've seen or I've had interactions with. Uh, just don't you know, say, just artists. don't say Eric Church. Come on, man. No, it ain't Eric. I love Eric Church. He's right. good to me. Um, <laughs> but but Dustin, like he he is exactly the person that he presents himself to be, if not even nicer. Like he just, like I said, like he got off stage and he, you know, he spent time with a family that I think I would imagine went home thinking, "Holy cow! Like that was a wonderful experience." There's no way that we thought we would get that much time with someone who just worked two hours or four hours or whatever. And he didn't. He didn't bat an eye. He didn't complain about it. He didn't say. He was just like, "Oh yeah, it was just like another day." He, oh man, I'm I'm glad that I could be there for him, or I'm glad that we got a chance to track him down, or you know what I mean? Like it was, it was really cool. And not that you should ever get credit for being nice, because you shouldn't. You know, I think we live in a society where it's like shocking when people go out of their way. But I do want to say, if anyone's listening to this and they want to give Dustin Lynch a chance, he is nice just because he's nice. Like he he doesn't have to try to be anything that he's not. Like he he just genuinely is a nice dude and he cares about people. So, um, you know, I love the guy and I wish him nothing but the most success on the planet. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and, and aside from the nice part of it too, it's nice to see that. I mean, first of all, you're talking about greatness and it's a testament to what it takes to be great. And, you know, like you said, going through all that, this guy, I mean, I don't know his financials, but I'm sure he's going to be okay. And does he need to jump into a two-hour writing session after all of that? No, he doesn't. But that's why these people are in the position they're in because, you know what, you have the talent, and then the hard work meets it, and then that's when, I mean, come on, man. It's 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 good to hear. It's refreshing to hear. Yeah, I think that was after, just to put it into context, um, that was after Small Town Boy, which was – if not for Body Like a Backroad, Small Town Boy would have set all types of radio airplay and billboard airplay records that year. So, like, he was one of the most successful country artists in that fiscal 12-month year where they were measuring spins. Right. And, you know, he was as hungry as if he had never – and I think he had, like, five number ones in a row. And you would you would never know. You would never know he had a song on the radio the way he was like, all right, look, man, we got to get this dialed in. Like, here's a story that I'm flushing out. Like, I want to tell it. I think people can relate to it. It's important to me, but I'm not going to short it. So we ain't going to leave this bus until we figure this out. You know, it was like, you know, three in the morning and I'm just sitting there watching and and kind of just soaking it in. 
um, and trying to really understand the other side of what goes into some of the artwork that like, you know, becomes the, the story of our, or the theme songs of, you know, major experiences of our life. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you, you know, when you, when you think about crazy special performances, I think, you know, I, I, I've talked about that on this show a little bit, just like talking about just isolate just the performance, the right band at the right venue, mm-hmm. playing the right song at the right time. And, you know, this doesn't make, you know, world headline news, but as far as, you know, the one of them that I saw when I was on that country cruise and I was in a yeah. freaking hot tub and on that same performance when he was on the main stage, he told the, the, the band to take a little break and he grabbed a stool, walked out to that runway, put the guitar down and then just gave an acoustic rendition of Red Rag Top. You could hear a freaking pin drop in that place. He just yeah. busted out that cover and I was just in a hot tub with about, I don't know, 11 strangers passing around a bottle of fireball i don't even drink fireball but i was like holy i was in some you're some just picture you're somewhere in the middle of the caribbean sea dustin mm-hmm. lynch is just breaking it stripping it down he's 11 feet away from you it was just i mean but yeah you watch a guy like that play and uh it, it, he's an easy easy guy to root for man yeah well also easy to listen to tim mcgraw he's smart he knows his audience he's a smart dude he knows what the he knows what to cover <laughs> oh yeah no totally totally not not uh that's that's a fair point what else so i'm what, actually wearing a dustin lynch hat right now i didn't even realize that <laughs> what um where so you're on uh you said amazon and amped right now huh Mm-hmm. yeah i'll send you the link after uh after we get done yeah but just let them um uh, let them know uh, wh- where they can find you because they're gonna. I mean, all all all, yeah, all, all eighty of them are gonna so do. It. Just, yeah, you just have to download Amp Radio, or you know, the link is in my bio on all my socials. So if you if you look up, you know, Graham Bun on Instagram and just my bio, you just click that link. It'll take you right to my show. All right, awesome man. Awesome. I think we're having Craig Campbell on Friday, um, which should be pretty cool. We had we had Tyler Kip was on there last week, I think, and um, yeah, we've had. You know, we've had everybody under the sun come do the show for me, which is which has been great. I mean, the the platform is in beta, so Amazon is launching what their their response to country radio is. So I think eventually you're going to be able to get Spotify and Amazon and Apple Music on the dial and all these new vehicles. And I think this is the platform that Amazon is launching with certain uh, manufacturing companies to turn the radio on. So instead of ninety five point one, whatever that is, in your region it's going to be like amp radio the platform's in beta so it hasn't launched globally yet it's it's only it's only national so it's yeah. you can only find it if you're in the continental united states uh but i signed a one-year deal with them so i you know the audio spaces has been where i've been able to pay my bills you know with radio and then i i was the i launched the very first country podcast sponsored by by spotify which i don't know if you saw this was a really cool thing for me this is kind of a humble brag but like it was something that I felt like, oh, wow, like that's super dope, is getting a billboard in Times Square. I saw you up there. You had a big picture yeah, of Graham I'm, on a billboard in Times Square. I mean, come on. that's <laughs> Yeah, uh, like Hal even took a train and took a picture in front of it. I was like, all right, if Hal, is, if Hal appreciates this, then it's cool. Yeah, so, you made it. You um, made it. Yeah, so I signed, you know, I signed an exclusivity deal with Amazon for one year and to, to help them get the country leg off the ground and that year will be up in April. So once April comes back around, we'll see if I'm going to stay there or not. There's been some opportunities to do some other things. And uh, I'm currently auditioning out here. There's been a few shows that I'm in the mix for with Netflix and 
Um, yeah, I've been writing. I've done. I've written some some show treatments for some friends of mine out here, and yeah, just just trying to just hustle and grind. Like it's it's my version of being a, a doorman at a shoe store, a bartending, and uh, doing anything I can to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and and, and try to do and experience as many things as possible while I'm here. Yeah, well, if uh, history is any indication, you're. Uh you're gonna you're gonna find your spot, and, and you're gonna. I mean, you already did, but you know, whatever you whatever you do, uh, whatever you want to do, whatever you think you're gonna do, or choose to do, or strive for, I, I you know, my, I think you're a safe bet. My money's on my money's on you, brother. Well, I appreciate that, man. I don't feel like a safe bet. I feel like a long shot, but I'm here. That's so, what makes you, know, you a safe bet. That's you know, you're not. You know, a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure you come across that all the time out there. Who 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 what I've done, who I know, and this is why I should sure. get this. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think it, there needs to be a balance, and I don't balance it very well because I look at myself almost as a failure. Like I haven't done anything yet, so I, I'm looking forward to not feeling that way. But until then, man, just head down, just be as kind to as many people as possible. Make sure that I keep, you know, people like yourself and the people that that love me and and support me and want the best for me. Keep them as close as possible because in this world, man. There ain't many people that cheer for you. You know what I mean? Most people don't care about anyone else but themselves. Uh, and I, that's, you know, that's just the hard truth. And maybe that's a reflection of me living in Los Angeles. But uh, I think when you find people that do care about you, it's really important that you keep them close. So, I, you know, that's what I'm focused on. Totally. So, so, what, so what does that mean? What are you saying right now? So you're saying basically maybe I don't have to go through the agent and the manager to get a hold of you no, next time? No. I could just go. No, nah, you can call the you, – you got the bat phone, man. You call the bat line. I'm there for you, bro. So I can go right to the agent. I could skip the manager. Yeah, you go. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm in breach of contract even doing this podcast because this is an audio platform that I did not ask for permission to do. But you know, I'm rolling the dice. Well, <laughs> well, we 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 appreciate that. We appreciate that, but <laughs> brother, it was great to catch up, man. If if nothing else, this was great to catch up. It was good good hearing hearing your voice and good to hear what's going on. What's been going on lately with you? Uh, well, I'm humbled that you would include me and anybody. If I bored you to death, I apologize. Trust I don't me, think we're gonna have to worry about that. Way better when I'm not on here. Yeah, I do. I do. I do a perfectly good job of that on a nightly basis for these people. <laughs> All right. Well, um, please thank everybody who you know. If you guys listen to this and listen to me ramble, I greatly appreciate it. And um, anyone that supported my boy Tommy, man, I'm I'm also very thankful for that. You guys tell your friends, support him, follow him, subscribe, whatever it is that you got to do. Uh, there is, you know, not a lot of people in my life that have believed in me like Tommy. So I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. You're the best, brother. All right, love you, buddy. We were born before the wind. Also younger than the sun. Yeah, the Bonnie boat was one as we sail into the mystic. Heart now hear the singers cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic And where that foghorn blows I will be coming home Yeah, when the foghorn blows, 
Together we will fold into the best thing. 